0: God, I thank you for the people that are gathered here in the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Lord, to hear what you have to say to us and to be able to worship you. Father, I know that uh, there are many things that can uh, draw us away from you, but I pray in this time we'd be drawn close to you. I know that sometimes we have a tendency to tune out God, because we don't want to hear some things. I pray that we wouldn't do that. I pray that we would be people that would embrace the truth, we'd hold hold tight to the truth, and, God, we would let your truth change us. God, we're people in desperate need of change, every single one of us. God, we're in need of renewal, we're in need of strength that we don't have. God, we we need you. So, Lord, I pray that we lean on you and lean into you in this time, God, and you change us with your word. Father, thank you so much for this precious word that you've given us. May we never take it for granted. May we always Seek and search and just dig for the truth that's in here, Lord. God, thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much, Lord, for the people that are here. God, to be changed for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've kind of been talking about dating a little bit, and there's been some people that have said to me that uh, they don't necessarily think they need to come because they're past the dating age. Uh, Let me encourage you that God's Word can speak to you, no matter what age you are, no matter if it's a dating series or not, uh, God's Word can challenge you, it can can show you some things that you need to maybe have corrected in your own life. Maybe there's some, some things that you need to learn so that you might be able to teach your kids. Uh, There's lots of benefits to being in a sermon series that you may not think is necessarily geared towards you because God's Word is good and it is so full and rich of so much truth that we don't need to, to let it pass us by just because we think, well, this doesn't necessarily apply to me. So be encouraged that God's Word can definitely speak to you even in this series on dating, even if you feel like, well, I've been married for 20 years, there's no reason for me to be in a series on dating. God's word can definitely speak to you, and I, I pray and hope that it will. Uh, tonight we're talking about—I'll I'll jump right to it. We're talking about uh, modesty, dressing modestly, uh, and, and and everybody immediately when I say that they think they think about about women, and naturally, yes, uh, this is something we have to address with girls and women more so than guys. But guys, we know that. Uh, that, that we also have a responsibility to dress modestly as well. Uh, you know, some of us that are all ripped up with our abs and stuff, we don't need to be walking around without shirts on in the mall parking lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we, ha- yeah, I know, right, Mike? You feel me, right? We- yeah, we don't need to do that, do we? Yeah. Um, so... Anyway, so guys have a responsibility too, but but when we talk about modesty, and and we are specifically addressing women more so, admittedly today, because this particular passage really does deal with women more so, but but it it really does have an impact on guys. It has an impact on men. Uh, Guys struggle every single day with lustful thoughts. Every guy, every single day struggles with lustful thoughts. I'm going to clear that up for you. Right now, in case you women are are deceived by that, you don't recognize that, you don't know that, you're ignorant to the fact that every single man struggles with lustful thoughts every single day. And we have to pray and seek God's face every single day to resist those urges and resist those thoughts. And and there are women right now that are grinning. Because some of you, 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 either, either one, I just enlightened you a whole lot. Or number two, because you know that it's right. You know that it's 100% correct. It seems like as time has gone on, women have begun to dress more and more provocatively. Has anybody noticed that? Have we noticed? Okay, so I'm not crazy to think that. I did bring some pictures with me. Uh, Now, (laughs) they're not pictures of women dressed provocatively. That's not what we've got here. Um. I have some pictures of like old school people in their swimsuits and stuff. And, and these are pictures that everybody chuckles at. So we're going to look at those. But we're not going to contrast those with what people dress like today. Because I'm not putting that up on the screen. I'm afraid that it like might burn holes in the screen. It might God might strike the building with lightning or something. So we can't do that. But what we're going to do is we're going to laugh at some of the, the older pictures of the way people dressed in their swimsuits and stuff. And you can see. You can see that it's a little different than the way people dress right now. There will be no thongs up on the screen today. So Here we have a man uh, obviously measuring how high above the, uh, the knee this particular swimsuit is. Uh, the <laughs> you remember what I said a minute ago? I said, every guy struggles with lustful thoughts every day, right? Does anybody see the kid in the background back here? Look at her swimsuit, and look at the teenage boy in the background. He's like, he's looking, <laughs> the people in the podcast cannot appreciate what we're looking at right here. He's sitting there, I know what he wants to say to the, the man in the hat right there. He's like, well, all these, there's a ton of little boys. I didn't notice all of them, man. They're all around looking. You know what he's wanting to say, right? No, oh, it looks fine to me, man. Let her roll on. She's, she's doing fine. It's good where it is. That's what he's saying. I, I can read their minds. I have that ability. All right, let's go on to the next picture. Uh, strapping young lifeguard here. Uh, I think, <laughs> later became one of the village people, I think. <laughs> uh, here we have, a, I guess, an aspiring pirate, maybe. That's that's kind of what that guy looks like. But this is what people want. So we got men and women in these pictures, so that... Man, I love his ballet slippers. That's really cool. It goes nice with that outfit. got some more? That dude's wearing a bra, y'all. I don't... Now, look. <laughs> I think we need to pause right here. The good news about the way that dude's dressing right there is he's not causing women to have lustful thoughts dressed like that, Right? And what? Is he wearing a toboggan? What is that? Has he got a, a pantyhose rolled up on his head? What is that? That's, that's not his hair. There's no way that's his hair. Uh, apparently, th- yeah, has a swim cap of some sort. Thank you. Uh, apparently, that's the Washington Monument in the background. I don't, know if, I don't know where that is, the Potomac or something. I don't know. All right, let's go on the next. Yeah, I don't, I don't, there's really nothing funny to say about this one. Besides, these people are wearing dresses in the water <laughs> and more swim caps. And then we have a Coke and a smile to kind of finish the day there. But you can see that, that things have, have gotten different, right? You don't, anybody seen anybody wearing this stuff at Panama City Beach lately? Did you go to Orange Beach and see people hanging out <laughs> in their dresses in the water? Or the dude wearing a man bra? Yeah, nobody saw that, Right? You might, well, you might have seen that, right? That's true. <laughs> Let's not go there, okay? That's a whole different sermon series, a whole different set of messages. I don't want to go there, Dodie. Thank you, though. I didn't realize this message was going to be so interactive, but it has been. That's good. That's good. Thank you for uh, uh, giving your feedback. But things have changed, right? They, they really, I mean, we, we know that. I didn't have to put crazy pictures up on the screen for you guys to know that. They're fun to look at. They're fun to watch, but... We recognize that things have changed. But I, I think as, as Christians, we sometimes miss the mark. We really do. Uh, we're going to take a look at a passage this, uh, this evening. And we're going to see what, what Paul says to Timothy about how they're supposed to behave. But, and, and he's specifically talking about, in church, how they're supposed to, to look. And he's talking about women, admittedly, in this particular passage. But I want you to hear something in Psalm 26, it says this. I just want you to listen to this. It's not going to be up on the screen. I just wanted to read this to you. Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord with, without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross examine me. Test my motives and my heart. This is key. Test my motives and my heart. Test my motives and my heart. I want you to think about when you're thinking about how you dress and and, and the things that you put on. Imagine that verse in your mind God, test my motives and test my heart. Examine my heart with what I'm wearing right now. What does this reflect about my heart? How does this, this show the world what's in my heart based on what I'm wearing? Can you imagine? I've acted with integrity, Lord. Examine my heart. Look at where my motivations are. See, I, I think our, our dress and the, the way we appear to the world, I think it should show a reflection of our heart. And, and the reason this kind of popped into my mind to, to actually do this particular sermon tonight was because I was listening to uh, a few guys, this was like a couple of weeks ago, different pastors talking about uh, dressing modestly. And they said, well, everybody, they go on a youth trip or or they go to the beach or something like that. And every youth pastor has a set of rules that they, they, you know, you can't wear this bathing suit. You can't wear shorts like this. And you can't do this. And and what these pastors, uh, one of them was John Piper, actually, he said, you know what? Every single thing that has to do with how you dress should not start with the rules. You shouldn't start with the rules first. He said, what you need to start with is you start with the heart, and you explain why the heart is important, and you explain that, that, that the heart is what matters, and then you go from there to the rules. He said, because without the heart being there, then the rules have no impact. The, the rules are just going to be there for, for, for your youth trip, but they won't be there when they go back to the beach next week. You have to look at the heart and you have to explain this is what it's about. It's not about what you wear. It's about the heart. And everything about Jesus is always that way. Jesus was always about the heart. He didn't really care about outward appearances. The Pharisees, how they dressed, how they looked on the outside, he said, man, you're just like a whitewashed tomb. You're just, you're you're empty on the inside. You look really pretty on the outside, but there's nothing in the middle. It's like an Oreo with no cream in the middle. You know what I mean? It ain't no good. And when we talk about modesty and we, we talk about how we dress and what we're supposed to portray as Christians, with this, this is what we should say. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. Test my heart. I want, here's here's what I want you to do. When you go somewhere to to buy clothes, and I know everybody goes different places. I'm not even going to start naming all the places everybody goes. I want you to stand in front of the mirror and, and I want you to say, Lord, test my motives and my heart and then look at yourself. You think that would change what you bought? You think that might even change which swimsuit you bought? When you stand in front of the mirror and go, Lord, test my motives and my heart. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? But th- that, that's what a Christian is supposed to say. Now, unbelievers, they don't get it, okay? People that don't know Jesus, they don't get it. They don't understand what you're talking about when you say, test my motives and my heart. They, it doesn't compute with them. They don't get that. All they think about is what everybody else thinks. And you can tell that by looking at their Instagram, Right? It's all about how many likes they got. That's what they care about. Take a selfie, see how many people like it. It's all about what everybody else thinks. For a Christian, it's all about what Jesus thinks. Lord, test my motives and my heart. Oh, it kind of stinks, doesn't it? Maybe Maybe they should put that on the dressing room mirrors. Can you imagine that? They got little vinyl decals up there. Test my motives and my heart psalm twenty six they wouldn't sell anything the stores cer- certainly wouldn't look the way they look, and you can't go anywhere and buy stuff. I know that I know it's hard ladies I, n- I know it's hard you're like man, everything is up to here, and my butt hangs out and all that and there's i can't I can't even shop anywhere. I get that I get that, but you have a responsibility you have a personal responsibility but More than that, and I'm going to kind of tell you that in a second, too. But we'll be in 1 Timothy tonight as we look. In every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted to God. Uh, I got a question for you Um, where, where do Christians go to worship? Where do Christians go to worship? Everybody's like, I know, I know. It's church, right? Church. Church. Wrong. Everywhere. Everywhere. That's where Christians go to worship. When you're driving in your car on the way to work, you're singing songs, worship. When, when you get a promotion at work, worship. When somebody comes to you and asks you to pray for them, worship. Worship. Now, I will admit, I'm not going to take this scripture out of context and say that, that Paul's not specifically addressing a place of worship, because he is. He's talking about church, and he's talking about the gathering of believers, and I, I admit that fully. But I also want you to recognize that a place of worship for Christians is supposed to be everywhere. So, <laughs> when you're standing in front of the mirror, looking at your, yourself and asking, God, just test my heart, examine my motives. Worship. Worship Jesus. And then look at your outfit. Everybody's like, man, you are killing me, really? I mean, you your life. I mean, you can't separate your life from Jesus when, when when you when you put that outfit on. The Holy Spirit of God dwells in your heart and you want him there, right? When times get tough, man, we want the Holy Spirit of God right here. Not so much when we got the bikini on. Like, man, I want to divorce that portion of my life and have my own thing and do my. I I want to just, let me just be me and Jesus, you be over here. But when I need you, God, I'm going to go back over here and say, whoa, I'm so thankful that Jesus is in my heart. So next time when you're standing in front of the mirror checking it out, go test my motives, examine my heart. I'm going to worship you. And then look at the outfit. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Jesus is right there with you. Isn't that what you say? Man, he's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. Even when you're in the dressing room trying to figure out what guys are going to look at you. Knowing what I said today, that every single guy, every single man struggles with lust every single day. Knowing that. And we can't claim ignorance. We can't claim ignorance anymore. See, here's the thing, ladies. Ladies. Now, let me go on. I've got finish this, and then, then we'll go. Free from anger and controversy. So what he's saying, he's talking about gathering together in worship. And he says, man, I want you to be able to lift your hands, your holy hands, and, and, and worship. I, I want you to be clean, and I, I want you to, to be free from anger and controversy. Now, I just want, when we come together and we worship together, man, it should be a place of freedom. And let me say thank you to, to like 99.9% of the women that come in here on Sundays and Wednesdays. Man, you, you dress in such a way that the guys don't have to struggle with that stuff, okay? And there will be some people that don't know Jesus Christ and they'll come into those, in through those doors and they're going to be dressed provocatively just because they don't know they haven't asked God to examine their heart and test their motives. They haven't asked God to do that so they don't really get it. And you know what we should do? We should wrap our arms around them and we should love them. And we should say, you know what? Once, once they surrender their heart and life to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will begin to work on them. And we can lovingly encourage them and say, you know what? This is what you need to be doing if you're going to reflect Jesus Christ in your life. And we do that on a one-on-one basis and, and try to lovingly bring people into a fellowship with the Holy Spirit and say, man, this is what you need to be doing. What you're doing right now is not reflecting Jesus, and, but it takes time for that, okay? I want this to be a place of freedom where people that don't know Jesus can come in here and we will love them. And when they start to know Jesus and they, the Holy Spirit starts to convict them, then and, and you'll see a change in them and, and you'll be able to encourage them in a loving way. But, but a place of worship is supposed to be a place where you can come in here and you don't have to worry about struggling with lust in here. You shouldn't have to worry about all the stuff that you have to worry about out there. This should be a place where you feel free and at ease. And women, you do not want to be a distraction for a man in this place of all places. He says, and I want women to be modest in their appearance. I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing and not draw attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. Everybody's like, no more earrings for me, I guess, man. I got to take those out. They're gold. and I can't wear pearls. And it's not what this is saying. It's not what this is saying at all. Song of Solomon, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, he, he talks about the, the beauty of, of his love and how she's adorned herself and how she, she looks amazing and all of these kinds of things. It's not it's not bad to wear some makeup, okay? It's all right. Paint your barn. It's okay, you know? I mean, like, it's okay. But, 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 but the thing is, though, that that shouldn't be your central preoccupation. See, I think what Paul is addressing here to Timothy is he's saying, you know what? There's an issue in the church where these women... that's where their focus is. Their focus is on how they look and not on Jesus Christ. And that can't be the case. You, You see, in this particular time, in this particular day, it was about associating yourself with the upper class, the rich people. Drawing attention to yourself. Drawing attention to yourself selfies, right? I mean, it it was all about that. It was all about, look at me, look at me, look at me. And as Christians, that's not the way it's supposed to be. As Christians, it's supposed to be, look at me so you can see Jesus. Look at my life so when you look at me, there's nothing but a mirror to, to reflect my Father who is in heaven. Look at me for the purpose of of, of seeing what what you can have. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you can can experience God's love in a a real and true way, when you look at me, I hope that you see that because it reflects my Father who is in heaven and it reflects the Spirit of God dwelling within me. It's not about you can't wear nice stuff. It's about... Your motivations and why you wear the nice stuff. Is it to draw attention to yourself? Or, or, or is it to draw attention to your Father who is in heaven? What's your motivations? Where's your heart? As Christians, our heart shouldn't look like everybody else's heart. We've got a new heart. God took out our old heart and gave us a new heart. And, and it's, it's not supposed to look the same. And I know what all your friends at school, I know know how difficult it is. I know how they dress. I know when you go to the beach that all the guys are going to look at your friends and they're not going to look at you. I I get that. Is that really the way you want the guys looking at you? Guys, is that really the way that you want to look at your future wife? Is is that really what you want to struggle with? When you're sitting there looking at, at, at the woman you, you hope to marry one day, it's nothing but lustful thoughts. Or are your thoughts supposed to glorify God when you look at her? Do you, do you want to cause him to stumble in that way? Do you want to cause him and his, his thoughts to be clouded? And when he looks at me, He's not thinking about Jesus anymore. He can't. He's too fixated on me. And Paul says, "That first of all, it's not the way it's supposed to be in church. And I think there's a broader perspective here. And it says, That's not the way it's supposed to be for Christians. Look, we have to fight with so many distractions in our life every single day. All right? Don't... Don't, don't be a woman... Don't be a lady of God that's causing, this being a distraction. Don't, don't, don't be a woman who, who's, who's trying to draw attention away from everything else and put it on her. Don't be like that. Nothing wrong with wearing jewelry. Nothing wrong with wearing braids. You can braid your hair. It's not an issue. The issue is why you braid your hair. Uh, and one other thing, I, I, I have to talk about clothes. You know, I, I told you, I told you every man struggles with, with lust every single day, right? Women, you don't see things that way, okay? You, you don't struggle with lust of the eyes. It's not something you really struggle with as much as men. There are some times when you do, yes, there are some times when you need to pluck your eyeballs out just like any other man does. That happens, Okay? But for the most part, you don't see things the way a man sees them. So how do you remedy that situation? How, how do you deal with the fact, well, I don't see this the way that men are going to see this. What should I do about that? Ask your dad. Ask your dad. And if, if your dad's not around, you got, you got godly men that are around you that will help and and. Your mama can, she probably knows what, the way men see things, so your mama can probably help too. Ask somebody that loves you and cares about you and has a relationship with Jesus Christ. Ask them if this reflects Jesus in my life or not. It, 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 men, dads, do you, do you know whose responsibility it is if, you're, if your daughter dresses provocatively? Yours, mine, nobody else's, you did something wrong. Everybody's. I can't control what my kids do. I can't control them, man. There are times when your kids going to rebel, and there are times they're going to try to run away and everything, but, but there are times when, when you, you man, you've got to step up and just be the man, and you've got to kind of say, you know what? It, 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 whether they listen to me or not, I'm at least going to tell them what you're wearing does not glorify God. I hope you know that. I hope that when you stand in front of the mirror, you ask yourself, Lord, test my motives. Examine my heart. Little girl, did you do that when you put those clothes on today? Did you worship Jesus in the mirror and say, God, I hope that, this, that these clothes, I hope that they glorify you Now, some of you got daughters who are too old, you can't control what they do, but you can at least say that to them, can't you? We're, we're too busy a lot of times talking about all the things we can't do, and we don't do enough, t- enough things that we can do. You know what I mean? We're all the time making excuses I can't do that, I can't do that. Well, what can you do? Why aren't you doing those things? Just like we talked about last week. So, what does it boil down to? Why? 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 For women who complain, uh, claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attractive by the good things they do. By the good things they do. It's about your motivations. It's about who you are. It's about reflecting Jesus Christ in your life. It's, it, it's, you know how you make yourself attractive To the people you want to be attractive to, do good things. Now, if you want to be, if you want people to be attracted to you that, 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 that don't do good things, then do bad things. But if you want people to be attracted to you who do good things, then you do good things. Well, that's brilliant, isn't it? That's amazing. Kenny, how'd you put that together? It's obvious. If you you want to attract people that that are consumed by lustful thoughts, then dress immodestly. If you want to be attracted, if you want people to be attracted to you who, who, who do bad things, who don't love Jesus, then you do bad things and you don't love Jesus. And those people will be attracted to you all day long. Man, some tough words, isn't it? Tough words. Everybody in here knows that it's true. Well, What what are the motives? What what is the heart? Let's let's go back. He started verse 8 with therefore. It means so that, you know. And you have to go back to the first seven verses. Well, what are the first seven verses about? Let's listen to it. Now Now the Holy Spirit tells us I read it up here. I urge you first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede, for, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marched by godliness and dignity. This is good, and pleases God, our Savior, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. For there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. This is the message God gave to the world at just the right time. And I have been chosen as a preacher and apostle to teach the Gentiles this message about faith and truth. I'm not exaggerating. I'm just telling the truth. So what's the motivation? Why do all this? Why, why do we got to worry about dressing modestly? Why why do we got to worry about everybody else's thoughts and, and, and my reflection and all that kind of garbage? Why do we got to worry about it? It's for one reason. It's the gospel. That's the motivation. It's so that it has an impact on the world so that people will come to Jesus Christ. That's the motivation of a Christian. Every single thing about your life is so that people will be drawn to Christ. What you wear, what you do, what your heart looks like, it's for that purpose. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, that's what you committed to. When you said, I want to be a Christ follower so that other people will be a Christ follower. That's why. That's why. But when self takes over, when it becomes what I want, when it becomes how I feel, then we begin to act selfishly. And we begin to take the focus away from Jesus Christ and put it on us. That's not what we're supposed to do. Not as Christians. That's what the world does. Let me pray. Father, you're good. And Lord, your word's hard to hear sometimes. But that's okay. God, we're supposed to do what you call us to do. And we're supposed to allow your word to change us and mold us and shape us. God, we know that that's painful sometimes. God, there's some people in here that know that their actions and their motivations, God, they haven't been reflective of Jesus Christ, and they certainly haven't reflected the gospel of our loving Savior. So, Lord, may these words, God, may they convict hearts right now. May they, they, they bring people to tears if necessary, God. But I pray more than that is that they would bring tears to their eyes when they're standing in front of the dressing room mirror. But that's the time when the Holy Spirit would bring these words to mind. God, and their motives might be examined. Their hearts might be looked at closely and deeply. God, and, and they may go out of that dressing room with a different perspective on what it means to be a Christ follower. God, I, I know that the world that we live in, God, everybody is dressing one way and everybody wants to do this thing. And, and Lord, we so desperately want to fit in. Our hearts are different, Lord, though. God, we know that we won't fit in. As difficult as it may be to stand strong in the face of, God, everybody else and what they're doing, as difficult as it may be, Lord, we know that we do it for one reason and one reason alone, and that is for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let us stand for the gospel. Let us stand for the truth. And let us not look like the world, but may we look like your son, Jesus. This is your time. God, do what you will in people's lives. God, if you need to break their hearts, then break their hearts. God, bring them to repentance. Let them make a commitment to you tonight. God, however you need to use this time, I pray that people would be obedient. Maybe they need to confess sin to you. I, I don't know, Father. I pray that your word has challenged them, that you've spoken directly to them. All for your glory and for the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone please stand.